0: It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. What's the drink of choice tonight?
1: Well, you know, I I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm gonna have one. I'm not promoting it now. Man, I forgot it was Friday. Uh, I am in need of a holiday weekend <laughs> oh, or a, a long a, weekend. You had a so.
2: seven day you had a whole week off. Come back mm-hmm. today. And then you get the weekend off. Wow, well, I can't. Uh, the weekend
1: can't get here soon enough. It's been a grinder I didn't of even a week.
2: Think about that, that's funny. <laughs> been tough. <laughs> one day, a week off. One day hits the weekend. You need to be How working after spending twenty three hundred dollars at the fireworks stand.
1: <sighs> uh, yeah, no kidding. But we've doubled up on old Pittman. Uh, Cold beer. Uh, last week I got it too. This is exciting times for me, man. Bear. Feel like it's if it, football season must be close.
2: Yeah, very exciting times. Um, I bet Sam Pittman. I think Sam Pittman's got to be on the short list of college football head coaches you'd want to hang out with on July fourth. Um, uh, Cold beer yeah. would definitely be around, and he would probably put to shame the twenty three hundred dollars in fireworks that you bought. It would be at his lake house that has the Razorback right off the lake that glows red at night. Woo, boy, it'd be a country boy July 4th, hanging out with uh, Sam Pittman.
1: That's right. It's one of those where he just has a bunch of people. They show up, and they put on the whole show, and you don't have to even break a sweat. You just, you know... Swipe the card at the end of the night, right? And uh, the whole show's done for you. He
2: may not even wear a shirt all day on July 4th. He strikes me as one of those. <laughs> Flip-flops, well, hey. athletic shorts, and no shirt on. Uh, pretty much the same attire as his uh, buddy John Daly. Oh,
1: uh, that's good. That's good. Well, I don't know, man. I The conversation today has been has been interesting. We got a... A text that's that that said that they're not very optimistic about this year because of where we are on the line of scrimmage, that they don't think that there's much of a chance that we win 10 games, even with our schedule looking the way that it looks. I, I just can't get behind that, man. Like, I get it. I understand the the – the cold feet, I guess. However, you want to phrase it, with not wanting to pick Oklahoma to do a whole heck of a lot. But I mean, gum I, you don't think that their their offensive and defensive lines are are on par or better than whoever's on their schedule?
2: It should be better than a bunch of AAC teams. I mean, if, that's dude. Half of your schedule looks like an like a, a non Power Five schedule.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If they're, and okay, I'll yield the fact that maybe we're not, but Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, UCF, Kansas, West Virginia, BYU, hell, throw Oklahoma State in there. That's nine teams nine teams that are either non power five or I didn't have winning records the yeah. year before well, how,
2: how many how many of these teams um, last year how, how many of these teams pre 2012 so I guess we're going back like 12 years ago how many of these teams 12 years ago were power five teams? Arkansas State, no, SMU, no, Tulsa, no, Cincinnati, no. You have Iowa State, you have Texas, you have KU, and you have Oklahoma State, yeah. Four. (laughs) That's that's your schedule. Yeah. Now, I know one of those made the playoff two years ago, and another one made the national championship last year. Another one has a fake national championship from 2017, but – God, Another it, has a, a fake schedule. national
1: championship from
2: 1945. Ooh, nice. Sorry, nice I, I nah, thought it was. No a, apologies necessary. That was great. I enjoyed that.
1: Which reminds me, did you see that? <laughs> did you see that uh, meme floating around about A and M not winning a championship since the current flag's been in use, the American flag?
2: Yeah, I mean they've kind of <laughs> stole our joke a little bit. That it's been since Hitler invaded Poland that they've won a title. So. Right.
1: Yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I and I'm not saying that the texture's not right. He may be right, but if that's the case, we are in we're in serious trouble. So
2: that's what's grinding your gears then today, right? Yeah. Is is just that still being a little hesitant and scared, even with the schedule? What's been grinding my gears for a while now is the thought that well. You know, you go nine and three; it can be a successful year. That that is uh, really irked me the past couple of weeks. I, I guess because the season's getting closer, the, the schedule is is more and more of what I think it really is. Like, I just I can't see a world where nine and three is acceptable this year with what right. we know of the teams that are on the schedule. I'm sorry.
1: I, I'm the same way.
2: And honestly, man, like there's a scenario where ten and two is not a successful season this year. So, I mean, I just – I understand they were 6-7 and seven last year. I get it. I watched every single snap. But how many times can you remember since you've been following OU football where there was even a section of the fan base that said, yeah, 9-3 is acceptable this year. I don't know if I've ever heard of that since the year 2000. And now all of a sudden, that's what some people think with the weakest schedule maybe in program history. I'm not there, man. Sorry. Yeah. Save the 9-3 and three crap.
1: Uh, man, I I if if that's where if that's where we are then we got serious issues. We got serious issues. I I could I could even I could even find a scenario where we win 10 games this year and I'm still shaking my head, saying we got some serious. Well, that's that's what I just
2: said, because you, you can go ten and two and miss the Big Twelve championship game.
1: Well, for, I'm not even like forget the Big Twelve championship game. I, I'm talking about going to the SEC and not getting our nose shoved in our own. You know what? I this schedule is. Right. There's not there's not a team on this list um, that will be able to beat probably three or four of the SEC teams that we play
2: the yeah. following year. Now, the rebuttal we keep getting today is, well, come on, guys. It happens every single year team on the schedule is going to be better than what we – how many times have you heard that, right?
1: Well, Well, I say it every time as a caveat. I know.
2: But there's another side to that. There's also the side where Texas isn't half as good as what everyone thinks that they're going to be this year, which would not be the first time that's happened, right? So as there is, sure, a world where UCF or Oklahoma State or whoever else is better than what they're projected right now – There is also a world and a very realistic one, maybe more of a realistic one than the other side, that Texas and TCU are not top 20 football teams at the end of the year.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. And by the way, those are the only two teams that we play on our schedule uh, that had a winning record in the Big 12 last year. Sweet. Nobody else does.
2: It was, uh, it was pretty comical. We had a, a nice laugh yesterday on your uh, seventh consecutive day off about uh, Cincinnati having more players on the preseason All-Big 12 team than OU had on the preseason All-Big 12 team. Never mind Kansas having four and OU having one. Cincinnati, who's never even played a Big 12 game yet, had more than OU had. It's pretty amazing. Uh,
0: I,
1: I hate to sound – I don't want to sound bad – Whenever I say this. And I know what
2: you're going to say, but I'm just like the thought of Cincinnati never being in the Big 12 before having more than you is still like, wow.
1: No, it's crazy. We have one. And I got to tell you, the one that we did have, I was shocked that that's the one on our team. Not saying that he's not going to be there at the end of the year. I was just really surprised by that's. That's the one guy that got selected, right?
2: Yeah. Um, I would have guessed um, Guyton, Stutzman, Bowman probably is the top three.
1: Guyton, Stutzman, Bowman, yeah. Um, Rame, maybe. Um, I, You could go a bunch of different ways. i I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where that came from. And I know that because where did Ethan Downs finish last year? He, he wasn't a All-Big was 12 last year, was second
2: he? second team? Did he finish second team last year, maybe? I'll, I'll look at that. I want to okay. say he finished second team last year.
1: All right. Well, I guess that's maybe that's better than I thought. Um I mean, I think, I think he's going to be locked in a dogfight for a starting position.
2: Oh, he totally will be, for sure. And that's, I think that's what you're getting at. That's why it was surprising. Yeah, he was second team last year. Uh, nobody else was on the second team with Ethan Downs on defense. Braden Willis was on the second team along with Eric Gray. First team you had Turk and Anton Harrison and Marvin Mims, and that was
0: it.
1: Yeah. Now, I get Ethan Downs did – he was third in the conference last year in uh, in tackles for loss. So, that is good. He had 13 and a half tackles for loss. And what do you have, like the four sacks, four and a half sacks? But he got four of them, I think. Or no, I'm thinking of maybe Grimes had like four Grimes. Grimes right out Grimes was of the on gate. A
2: tear early on in the season, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that we – at edge I mean the upgrade that we've got at edge compared to last season is substantial in in depth in ability in experience in production in like versatility there's more guys that have different body types that can do different things like we're so much better at edge than we were a year ago it's I mean it's not even close I mean that's just one of the aspects that that you know I'm um, I'm kinda of shocked whenever I hear some of the predictions and you know, I secondary. I just cheat the cheetah position alone. The cheetah position alone, in my opinion, is going to be such an upgrade over last year that I it it, it should change the way our defense plays. Completely and totally.
2: Yeah. All all the way around. Let's roll through a few texts on the canoeufel meyer text line. We got a 12-and-freaking-O prediction or statement from the text line, and it's from none other than Steve Stutzman. How about that? Steve says 12-and-freaking-O. Love it, Steve. Uh, Guy says there is always a team that surprises everybody. This year it's going to be OU.
1: There you go. Normally
2: it's hard to say that about a team that's picked to finish third, but – the narrative around OU and only getting four first-place votes the same team or the same amount as Tech, OU would actually qualify for that this year, I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh,
2: 9 one I know this is crazy, but I truly think it's more likely that Texas loses nine games. Yes, I said nine, than OU losing three with this schedule. Thoughts? Serious question. So you think it's more likely Texas goes 3 and 9 than OU goes 9 and 3? Uh I'd say no to that. No. Texas has been really bad. I mean, we the decade of suck is a thing. They've been terrible, but there hasn't been a year where they've only or they oh, they've, they've lost 9 games.
1: Rise Wyoming I, I, I don't even know what the 3 you would pick. I mean, what, all right, I'm looking at Texas' schedule. Worst case scenario, they lose at Alabama. They, I'll say they lose one of at Baylor and at TCU, so I'll say they lose at Baylor. Um, they beat Kansas at home. They lose OU Texas. They beat Houston. They beat BYU. They lose to Kansas State. And they beat Iowa State and they lose to Tech. I I I can't see three more than
2: three and nine is gonna be tough. I mean, yeah, really I can't tough. see
1: more than five in, losses. In this
2: year's Big Twelve, even though their schedules I'd say it's more likely OU's nine and three. I right. won't be happy and, about it.
1: Unless like something catastrophic happened where quarterback was just they got destroyed by injury, but the I think they'd be Part of that would be maybe a blessing in disguise for him. I, the last thing I want is Malik Murphy playing quarterback for Texas. Uh,
0: why that kid yeah, is
2: still there, I have I no idea. We should stop saying that out loud. Let's change the subject before they hear it. Which it wouldn't matter if did they did. Did you hear it. see
1: how big he was compared to that re- rest of that quarterback room? And those yeah, aren't all small guys. We
2: were making fun of it yesterday, which mostly making fun of everyone going, "Whoa, you were an arch! Look how Jack they are! Dang!" That Texas quarterback room is something to brag about. But when you look at Malik Murphy, I think even some OU fans were like, oh, boy. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't get in there.
1: Well, how how tall is Arch Manning?
2: <sighs> he's probably listed at 6'3", I would guess. Let me look.
1: If he's – because I thought he was 6'4", but even if he's 6'3", then Malik Murphy's like 6'10". <laughs> he's,
2: listed at, he's listed at 6'4". What he's listed as.
1: It, I mean, and I know some of it may just be, like, who's closer to the camera or something, but...
2: No, we said it, like, two years ago, is I, no idea how well he throws the ball, but he looks like a yeah. clone of Vince Young. That's what yeah. he looks like.
1: He's, he's like, a head taller than Arch Manning, who's listed at 6'4". Just crazy.
2: 832 says, here's the problem, guys. It's not just this year's schedule. It's the fact that OU should at least play for the Big 12 Championship every year with the crappy teams in this conference. The fact that we couldn't beat the Texas, Baylors, West Virginias, etc. last year has everyone extremely nervous.
1: Well, I know it has everyone extremely nervous. I And I agree with that. Yes. All of that from last year is a yes. But... I, I mean... The, <sighs> The, the, you're making the assumption that we've gone nowhere. Uh, we've totally been treading water since last season. And I just don't buy that. I, j- I can't. I can't buy it. Uh,
2: one more. Way to know, KC. You guys drank the Kool-Aid last year and were wrong. Cautiously optimistic is okay. You can be cautiously optimistic if you want. That's fine. I
0: I'm
2: didn't... not beating my chest and saying 12-0 either.
1: I was dead wrong last year. But I don't know that I drank any Kool-Aid. You, you know?
2: Would you have them going last year? 10 and 2, 11 and 1. I don't even remember. Well,
1: uh, well, drinking the Kool-Aid would would like that's saying that I I bought whatever someone was selling me about how good they were going to be. Frankly, I did the opposite. Coach Venables, all he said throughout the entire preseason last year is how little experience they had, how many guys had you know gone from the Oregon game to where they were last year. That's pretty much his, his line over and over. So Oh, so I we
2: were drinking Kool-Aid that wasn't even being sold. I mean, that's I think, even worse.
1: I think what's worse than even that is Maybe I was creating the Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, Maybe I was mixing it, it myself.
2: Uh, I was there to buy it after the Nebraska game, buddy. I tell you yeah. that much. I, yeah. uh, I uh, got overserved on the drive back from Omaha to, to OKC. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Keep the text coming 651 3439.
0: This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Have you or someone you know suffered a loss to your home or business from the recent storms? Before you accept a settlement, call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver is a local-based company helping Oklahomans with claims since 1988 with...
2: Taking you into the weekend, it is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Layman, Kenipple meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. There's fighting words on the text line right now um, from the 918. <laughs> Teddy's not drinking the Kool-Aid. He's drinking the Bud Light. So I don't know what you want to do about that, um, but I'm sure you want to do something.
1: You write down that number and you <laughs> send it to me. <laughs> uh,
2: Steve Stutzman. Uh, Again, he gives us an off-season update. The Smitty factor is no joke. Stutz is ripped at 246 pounds. All of the defensive line is 300 pounds or more. Now,
1: I will tell you that um, I, I have been told that the defensive line, whatever this means to you, maybe it means nothing, maybe it gets you excited, I don't know. But that the defensive line so far is having a standout summer as a position group. So
2: Todd Bates haters won't love to hear that.
1: Uh, what does that mean? I, I don't I don't know. like but sounds like strength and conditioning and all of those things that they are uh, they're getting it getting after it pretty good. And if everyone's over three hundred pounds, if Jonah Laulu is over three hundred pounds. That makes me feel pretty good because, you know, he was the edge guy. He was like 275, maybe 280 in the spring. Um, Or I guess maybe at the end of last year, I should say. So if he's over 300 pounds, he's 6'6", over 300 pounds, and, you know, it's good weight, he's added some good strength, then it makes me feel pretty good. And I've already – I already think that he's got a – a decently high ceiling to move down to the interior. With those long arms, he could be some real trouble for for those guys in the interior to block him.
2: One more before we move on from the 214. Who are these naysayers and apathetic fans? What part of being a fan requires a dire or somewhat guarded approach to an upcoming season? We're not on payroll. We don't get graded on the on-field performance of our team. There are zero consequences of being a fan outside of heartbreak and suffering through the payback of other fan bases, we can handle that. Let's go, fifteen and zero, and Natty number eight. There you go. That's from Go Sooner, G E A U X Sooner. Yeah.
1: And um, I mean, there's a lot of truth to that, but I think it's more of a um, not let, not that you're just trying to be right on on something. I think. A lot of the predictions and, and what you think kinda of all fly out the window right away. Whenever you start to see the team play, you 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 start to tailor fit those predictions really quickly about okay, yeah, we're gonna win the Big Twelve this year and it's a, it's constantly changing. So I, I expect I expect the entire fan base, one hundred percent of them, after the first two, three, four games to say we need to win the Big Twelve.
2: Uh, yeah, I wish. I think everyone should be saying that now. But fair point. Yeah. Speaking of go, G E A U X, and we talked about the pressure that Sark has got to be feeling this offseason sure. with the unrealistic expectations. I think there's another coach that has seen his expectations from the last game of the year to now uh, grow significantly. Now, at least he did something last year, and at least he's done something in his career but Kim Mulkey won a title at LSU in year two. Mm. Jay Johnson just won one with the baseball program in year two. Mm. So now LSU fans are saying, Brian Kelly going to win one year two as well? Let's go. We did win the West last year. We got a good team coming back. Year two could be our year. And a lot of people are projecting them in the top five. Um, I bring this up because OU obviously plays at LSU first year in the SEC. I thought that this might be a year, Teddy, where – you know, they put everything together, make a title run, and then maybe in 24 they take a step back like they've done historically after having a really good team. Brian Kelly does not see it that way. Uh, he was asked when he feels like his program will be ready to contend, like seriously contend for a championship. He says we need another year of recruiting, one more really good year on both sides of the ball. I think puts that puts us in a position where in year three – The consistency piece, the depth of our program, the messaging, all the things we do on a day-to-day basis puts us in a position to compete for a championship. Year two, the foundation is in place. I think there's really good confidence within the group. We've got good players. There's some holes. Mm -hmm. There's a little air coming out of the tire here and there. I think we've kind of patched most of it. But I think year three is probably the year where I feel, in terms of building a program, we've had enough time to really put the pieces together. Yeah. So, Brian well, Kelly's saying, "Hey, OU, when you come to town, we feel like we're going to be seriously competing for a title." There's okay. probably
1: some good truth to that, but he's got the quarterback to do it now. And what do you know? Is he is uh, the Daniel kid? Is he? I is, think is he, he has, going into his junior year.
2: I think um, he's at least the thought is if he has a good year this year. He's, hes off to the NFL.
1: Well, that's what I'm—that's what I was under the impression, and I, I expect that to happen for him, you know. But if you want—if there's a year to take advantage of of Alabama, I—I I, I know, like I think the predictions of, of like what they're going to be are are a bit oversold. But you know, there's a lot of teams that are replacing quarterbacks right now and
2: they got a really good wide receiver core too, man. You look at their, yeah,
1: you look at their schedule. I mean, I know they open at Florida State, but here's their schedule. At Florida State, Grambling, at Mississippi State, Arkansas at home, at Ole Miss, at Missouri, Auburn at home, Army at home, at Alabama, Florida, Georgia State, AM to end the season all at home. So
2: Mean, but even that Florida State is technically a neutral site. I mean, it is in the state of Florida for what it's right.
1: worth. Right. So, like, conference road games, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Missouri. Um, I know the Alabama one's those. on the road, but like, isn't that about the best schedule you could ask for, LSU?
2: Yeah, and I, I think LSU could be a team that they've got the name brand recognition. They've won a title recently. The thought is high of them going into the season, right? Like, dude, they could be one of those teams that they beat Florida State week one, they roll through their schedule and only lose at Alabama, they lose a close one, maybe not win the West but still maybe make the playoff. Right, I, I yeah. think that, that, that world exists for LSU as a one-loss team.
1: If they roll through that schedule and their only loss is at Alabama and they don't make the SEC championship game, and out, that means Alabama, I guess it doesn't – guarantee this but most likely that means that alabama won the west and is in the championship game For right us, yes. and um if that's the case then you're definitely in because alabama's going to be undefeated other than like i guess maybe they could have lost to texas in the non-conference but if your only one loss is in the west and alabama's in that means like they they're undefeated in conference so most likely, yeah, You, I would, I would say that they're probably sitting in a better spot than Alabama would be in the <laughs> championship yeah, game. because they
2: actually have to play and maybe win that game over Georgia. Right. Seriously. Um, 50 days out until the start of the season. Here's a little uh, four-team playoff rough draft, which, by the way, hmm. 50 days to the start of the season, that will be the last uh, year of college football as we know it. Not the last year of college football, but what we've gotten used to um, this is the last year of that, then massive changes. Well, some of the it might also be the, the last year of college
1: seen. football. Uh, as, yeah. as much changes as we've gone through, it could it could be true. You're right. Texas Hopefully A&M
2: is going to cancel the sport and ruin it somehow. <laughs> but, yeah, some of the biggest changes this sport has ever seen will happen after this year. The rough draft looks like <sighs> Bama, Michigan, Clemson. Dude, I really don't want to pick Georgia in here. I know that sounds crazy. I really don't want to pick Georgia. Um, I th- I guess I'll throw in Georgia. God, I don't want to, though. Bama, Michigan, Clemson, and Georgia, two SEC teams. I kind of want to go with my theory with LSU, though, and put them in that, that fourth spot.
1: I um, just to change mine up from yours, that's what I did. Michigan, Bama, Clemson. And I marked out Georgia and put Louisiana State University in there.
2: You know who I had on the short list? Um, See how this sits with you. I don't like picking a Pac-12 team because it hasn't happened since, what, 2016? Right. Me likes what Washington has at quarterback and wide receiver quite a bit.
1: Well, I do too. And I thought about taking a Pac-12 team, but... I think with, as good as all of those quarterbacks are, I just I, th- I have a feeling that conference is going to chew That's each other up issue. a little bit. Yeah,
2: like Washington has to play Oregon. They have to play USC. Oregon has to play, I think, at Washington and at USC, maybe even at Utah. It's um, – I don't feel great about picking a – I don't know. I, I'm i on Washington for whatever reason, but I probably won't be picking a Pac-12 team because, yeah, the, whoever wins that league might have two losses. Probably will. R- Right. And Oregon has to play at Tech too early in the year. Yeah. USC will have to play at Notre Dame.
1: Yeah. There's there a lot, most of those schools at the top USC, Washington, Oregon, Utah. Um, those teams all have difficult schedules, if I remember right. Uh, not just conference play, but. Don't they all have tough non-conference games like Utah, Utah for example? Florida,
2: right out of the shoot, yeah.
1: Florida, and then at Baylor. Yep.
2: Uh huh. Correct.
1: Um, and I think
2: uh,
1: obviously USC plays Notre Dame.
2: I think Washington um, plays maybe Michigan State at home. I want to say. Yeah. Which is very so. manageable. But yeah, yeah. the, the pac 12s finally pretty good, top to bottom, and it's going to prevent them from playing in the last fourteen playoff. Go figure.
1: Yeah, you're right. Washington is Boise State, Tulsa, and at Michigan State.
2: Oh, they're at Sparty. Okay. Yeah. Drew from Flower yeah. Mound says Florida State beating LSU. I I think I'll take that bet, Drew. I'm I'm down with that. I
1: think one of the biggest sleepers in all of college football is Oregon.
2: I well, yeah, I I, I really like. I thought Oregon was pretty good last year. Did they win? They at least won nine. Did they end up getting to ten, 10 and wins? Three. Yeah, with the bowl win. But that, that, that schedule, man, it's, go, go look at their schedule.
1: All those I conference feel like road games. Didn't they lose when Bo Nix was hurt?
2: E Ye- oh, I'm I'm sure that was probably what it was. Yeah,
1: maybe not. Well, they lost to Georgia right out of the gate. They got hammered. Um, and then they went on that long winning streak, won eight straight, and then they lost to Washington 37-34, and then they lost to Oregon State 38-34. But Bo Nix, for as much crap as I gave him and didn't think he was going to be any good, he had an unbelievable season. He threw for 3,600 yards and rushed for, like, I don't know,
2: He was a legit Heisman candidate in November. He had
1: 14 rushing touchdowns. And don't act
2: like you were the only one giving Bo Nix crap. The entire SEC did it three years before you did. Um, Here's Oregon's schedule, by the way. Jeez. At Tech and the non-con. At Washington. At Utah. USC at home. And then Oregon State could be pretty good this year. They, They play them at home. At Arizona State, I know that's year one of that staff, but we'll see if they can get something going at quarterback. Um, just those three road games at Tech, at Washington, at Utah, and then at home against USC. Like that's four really difficult games.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, but you know, kind of like we said, everyone in the pack That's why. That's why I'm. I didn't pick a Pac-12 team, Oregon or Washington or even USC to make it is because I feel like there are all their schedules are so difficult to just. We're going to chew each other up. All right, quick timeout. A couple of segments left on a Friday here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. From
0: Norman to Lawton to Weatherford to Oklahoma City to Tulsa and beyond, the Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. And when you're away, never miss a second with the K-Ref app.
2: The AKS Summer Beat and Jewelry Show. Can't beat them? Join them. I have zero issues saying it. Hashtag Week. To which Trace Ford just said, Let's make it happen, with two exclamation marks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's make it happen. Yeah. Let's go. I Let's like, get it. I
2: like this kid. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know much about that. I don't know where she's from. I don't know if there's any truth to it. Around the Houston
2: um, area is where she's from, by the way, Kelly Maxwell. If,
1: if she's a legit pitcher. and
2: And she is. She is.
1: Well, yeah, yes, she is. I'm just saying in general, like if she's a legit pitcher that's in the transfer portal, uh, Oklahoma's definitely going to give it a look over and, and see what they can do, see if it matches up, see if it's something that they feel like they need to go after. And if they do, because of the success rate that they've had, they're going to have a, a pretty good chance of landing that,
2: at uh, least I would think. Yeah, Doug from Norman did a uh, really cool study and and showed it to us yesterday. He took the three preseason magazines, and he did, like, average ranking of um, every OU opponent this year and even every average ranking of what the schedule would look like next year compared to this year. This year was, like, 60.25 is the average ranking ranking in those combined three preseason magazines for what OU plays. Next year, like, if you took next year's schedule and applied it to this year, it cut it in half, like the average ranking was 30. And there were about five or six teams. I think there were six teams maybe in the top uh, 35.
1: Yeah, which uh, goes back to why I think this is going to be a successful year and goes to show how difficult it's going to be moving forward because you're – you're knocking on the door of averaging a top twenty-five opponent every week.
2: Well, yeah, and like Phil Steele had his uh, top fifty schedules this year in college football, like toughest. Well, Florida was one, no surprise there. South Carolina was two. You had Missouri at three. You had Bama at uh, at, at eight, and then I think there were uh, Auburn was at like eleven. So there were like five SEC teams with. Um, in, like, the top 11 schedules in the country. Right. And Ole Miss was 12 and LSU was 13. So it was actually, I ate at the top 13, something crazy like that. All that to say is, OU's probably going to have one of the more tougher schedules in college football next year.
1: Yeah. Hell no, feel. <laughs> feel still. Might Come get, on.
2: Might get to see the real feel, though, when South Carolina comes to town. That'll be exciting.
1: I know it. Uh, oh, man, it's been a while since we've talked about that. I'm still curious about what game's going to be the opener. Doesn't really matter. Not sure that I care. Would like it to be Alabama, but I could, I could see a case where it may be better to play Alabama late, but I don't, I don't know. In I my experiences is of watching college
2: football, I don't know if there is a best time to play Alabama. Right. I, I know the worst time to Alabama is seemingly week one. Or early in the season, another reason why I don't think Texas is beating them. And, yes, I know, Texas came very close to beating Alabama last year, but historically under Saban, that week one or week two big non-conference game, not only do they win, but they normally throttle someone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't know. Um, they're going to lose at home this year in week two to Texas. I hate that for them. Well.
2: And everybody else, that's everyone's
1: picking uh Texas to win that one. Which, I, uh, if anything, that's the one Sarkeesian's like, come on, guys, like seriously, don't stop <laughs> picking us to win this game. We do not need to give any ammunition to Nick Saban, which he's going to take. Like, if one person, one random dude anywhere picked it, like he's scouring the internet for that one guy that picked Texas to beat Alabama and he's going to plaster it in front of his uh, his team, right? That's how that whole thing's going to I got to think every
2: time Sark sees something like his team's picked to win the league, 41 first-place votes, uh, a lot of the media is picking his team to beat Bama, Quinn Ewer's top ten in the NFL draft, Heisman contender, all that, I got to think that he reacts in a very similar way as to what he did before his team ran out in the Alamo Bowl last year. I think that he's got to be that angry. Yeah. When he went psycho well, on someone.
1: Um. Yeah, I oh, don't know. the 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 dynamic is is truly going to be uh, something, and I don't know. It seems like the high praise has always gotten to Texas teams in the past. We'll see if it's truly different down there. I mean, that's. I mean that that this will be the one time, because right? I don't know. I'm sure they were picked really high in 09, right?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, they were yeah, they would have been. I don't know. Yeah. They, I mean, they were probably picked number 2, I, I would imagine.
1: Definitely picked really high in 05.
2: Actually in 09, um I think they may have been picked to win the league in 09 cuz they they beaten OU in 08, right? Um, yeah. they had won the Fiesta Bowl. OU lost the championship. Like both had a lot coming back, but I think in the actual poll to start the year, maybe it was like Florida 1, Texas 2, and OU 3.
1: Well, yeah, and that poll would have changed about 15 minutes into that BYU game or whenever that happened, <laughs>
2: Yeah, buddy. you know,
1: and I don't know. Was, Gresham didn't play. When did he get hurt? Did he get hurt in preseason? He got
2: hurt, like, the week uh, of the first game. He never played a snap that year.
1: I mean, that's what I'm saying is, like, that, that whole dynamic changed pretty quickly. So, I like, it's been nearly 15 years since Texas has been picked high and followed up on it, so – I mean, they're this start would be now. Yeah, they're breaking start the now. trend for sure. All right, quick timeout. Final segment coming up next here from Newcastle. Stay with us. Bringing you the physical,
0: relentless, suffocating coverage of the Sooners you deserve. This is The Ref, the home of Sooner fans.
2: Texting, talking on your phone, or listening to music near train crossings or on platforms are big distractions.